multitudes of connectivities. Ultimately, that of Layla and Majnoon, when he found her, he said, who are you? She said, you've been all your life going crazy for me. He said, I don't know, I'm, I'm crazy. You know, he was in love with love. So the starting point of love is that you give yourself up a bit. That's why I said the more you give the nafs up, the more the soul is there. So the more you forget yourself, the more you forget the ego, the more the ruh, the soul, is there to illumine you. That's why whenever people fall in love, you find there is something, there is a, they, they, they are a bit on cloud cuckoo land, <laughs> you see. Also, they, there is some other uh, echo of it, is that there is something that's a bit tragic in it. Because also deep down one knows this will not fulfill. You can't fulfill that passion by somebody else, you know. That's why whenever people say, I want a soulmate, I say, your mate is your soul. <laughs> soulmate, yeah, that's it. Unless you go to a fish restaurant and ask for soul. But it's essentially, you are looking for you. The foundation of love is that you are looking for you. The nafs is looking for its source, for the light in it. Now, somebody else outside may help you to reach that and vice versa. That's good. But it, is, it has some reality, but it's not true. True love is the love of the self or the shadow of the nafs or the ego of its light, which is its ruh. So you love yourself. As simple as that. No more, no less. I can't. I define, I don't touch that. I say, leave that as a hahut, you can't. And again, I follow the prophetic teaching, said don't discuss God. Discuss God's attribute. You can say it's from God, yes. By God, yes. Unto God, yes. It is one of the aspects, love is one of the aspects of God, in between divine attributes. I can say that love. there is no beloved other than God, yes. <coughs> I love God, but Closer than that, easier than that, is God's representative in me, which is my soul. So that light, my ruh, Allah says, ruhi. I blew into you from my ruh. So that's so why should I talk about something that is too abstract, you see? So I start with that which is close to me, you see. So I love me. But who is me? Is it the yesterday fellow or the, who is it? The real me is the same as the real you. That's why I said earlier, if I truly, utterly discover the source of joy in me, then I have compassion. Because I think you have the same potential. But I can't force you, I can't do it, you have to do it. Because your biology, your biography is different than mine. So there is only love. We live motivated by love. A child loves the nipple of the mother 
or milk or chocolate or that. A nine-year-old loves to be the center of attention. Now, why does a nine-year-old love to be the center of attention? Because the soul is totally the center of attention of the creator. But the child wants to have its ego attended, so we clap for it also. So, and it carries on and on and on and on and on until you realize all of these were layer after layer after layer, the core of which was your soul that was beaming, broadcasting all of these. So the relief comes when you really laugh at yourself, you know, totally. In fact, laughter is a relief. You know, humor is a relief. If you also see it even physiologically, it's the reverse of crying. It's a relief from falsehood. You know, so all of the humor, in fact, is based on discovering it was not true. So you, there's a relief. So there is a relief in discovering that all of what I wanted were leading me to that which wants me. It's the other way around. <laughs> so that is why it is very important to distinguish the two passages, worldly wisdom than spiritual wisdom. Worldly wisdom is acquisitive. How do you get it? How do you manipulate without appearing too selfish? See, that's the main thing of businessmen. They still want to appear, I'm philanthropist. Rubbish. They're all greedy fellows. They all want to get away. They all want monopoly. But because it's you know, illegal and so on, so they say, not really. Well, it's not monopoly. Anyway, so worldly wisdom is acquisitive. Spiritual wisdom is totally, utterly the other way around of giving up. Because it has acquired me. My soul has acquired me. So I can't. Whereas the worldly side, I have to exercise how to get it, knowledge, information, you know, build it up, have it. So they are two different, and they both meet in me. And I can't deny this. I can't deny the fact that I am worldly. But I can't deny much more important than that, that I am also heavenly. And it is the heavenly side that is leading the worldly. And there is the usual progression, you know, youthfulness, uh, if you like, ambition, all of this is fine. If it leads to my ultimate liberation from myself by myself, without denying it, you see, without being ascetic. Imam Ali salam describes it most beautifully. He says, to be an ascetic doesn't mean you should not own anything. It means nothing should own you. Big difference. <laughs> All right. Practices, uh, any practices that can make it possible to have love in our lives? You can't live without love. And the shadow of it is called hate. You can't, you have come here because of love. You want to know. You want to save yourself from, you know, suffering. How can you, how can you exist without love? It's barren, you know, and love is at many, many different levels. The love of the mother to her, for her children is unconditional. But once the children have gone, she feels bereft. The love of between two people is incredible when they first meet and so on. And then suddenly, when biology changes and hormones change, suddenly this fellow finds the woman is possessed by this new brat. 
you know, a three-year-old tyrant. You know, he used to come home and she was there, darling, this, that, that. suddenly is gone. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. Of course, he becomes a workaholic and of course, may take off with the secretary or something. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is that you cannot live without love. We are programmed. If it is not love of this, it's love of that. Love of power, love of reputation, love of... And moves on and on and on and on on. The truth of it is that we love that which is boundless. We love that which is permanent. The truth is that we love that which is absolute. Everything else is relative. But don't deny the relative. Don't deny love between people, relationship, that's wonderful. Because it may lead to the ultimate. <clears throat> Otherwise, we blame each other. You know, and that is why nowadays, especially when everybody is independent and we can, everybody can earn their own keep and so on, if a relationship between man and woman is not based on helping each other to discover the light of God or truth or the absolute within their heart, then it gets key with. Because it will lead to disappointment. She gets older, he becomes decrepit, more mean. It doesn't work. But if the two from the beginning realize that this outer compatibility can lead to inner, if you like, help to arrive at the point of soulmate, then it's fine. Then, then with age, they become closer to each other rather than more divergent. So you cannot live without love. All kinds of it, all types of it. Mm to deal with constant ebb and flow of the senses, sense of closeness and separateness from Allah. Is closeness to Allah a tawfiq, uh, in, in the Urdu sense, I think tawfiq, gift, uh, or something that we can work towards? You know, we've, uh, we've fallen into lots of traps by bringing in this sacred name. You know, it's difficult. You see, part of the reason we Muslims are suffering collectively is because we have mixed up rationality, reasoning, and all of that with the higher spirituality. And we bring in all the time Allah into it. See, the prophetic injunction is never discuss Allah. Discuss Allah's attributes, discuss Allah's qualities. But we Muslims can, Wallah, Ballah, Pillah, Billah, every butchery had become Bismillah, everything has become MashaAllah. It's a tragedy, <laughs> really. It's really, yes. And whenever you, somebody asks you, would you like to do that? If you don't want to do it, you say, inshallah. <laughs> I mean, what sort of a... <laughs> so that is why we are confused, you see. So this business of closeness and distance is a lot of fantasy. It's to do with the mind and the body. Because I've identified myself with this body, so I think I am close or I am far and so on. Allah repeatedly says in the Quran, I am closer to you than closeness itself, than the jugular vein. There cannot be two of you unless the third is. So you, I'm, we exist because of that original light. Turn the name into supreme consciousness. If you replace the name Allah, supreme consciousness, you find anybody can make sense out of it. You see? There cannot be a consciousness unless it connects and relates to supreme consciousness. Then you make sense out of closeness, distance, you know, gatheredness, and separation. 
we all appear and experience separation and dispersion because we are connected with a source of gatheredness. Because there is connecting, whatever we can perceive, conceive, imagine, is connected by supreme consciousness. Therefore, we have local consciousness or small consciousness or uh, conditioned consciousness. That's all. So you cannot ever talk about Allah being far or close. There is none other than supreme consciousness. So it's not subject to discussion. That is why we have this magnificent deen, la ilaha illallah. It's not subject, there is none other than that. Anything other than that is a small little reflection of it and its presence. Khalas. You see, again, we have this wonderful package. So in any situation, Salat is also all right. But it is, as you say, you see, if you want to recharge spiritually with Salat, the implication is that you have no consciousness of anything that is discernible. In fact, the meaning of wudu is to seal yourself from connectivity with anything that is discernible. The right hand implies anything that we do in order to act positively. The left hand taking away dirt. The face implies I won't see anything, I won't hear anything. Wiping the head, no thought. All of this is, each movement has a deep and deeper and deeper than deeper meanings. Then I declare Allah is greater than anything I can ever imagine, think of, feel. So it is the two impossible things which are ever together, tajreed and tashbih. Then I disappear into sajda. And that is the recharge. Prophet ﷺ says, your sajda is the, your mi'raj. Now, it, the journey of the Prophet were two things, Isra and Mi'raj. Isra was the journey to Jerusalem, and Mi'raj was take off into the infinite, fathomless. So, if you and I do not also plug into that, then we have not recharged fully. But it's better than any, better than not. So, anybody will benefit. There have been many cases, I guess, we have to do Salat now. Many cases that, you know, people came and complained. They said, it's in time, maybe, as one practices, you end up being able to completely and utterly perfect the art of disappearance. Yes. Inshallah, we continue the rest, and we do our salat. Is that all right? Yes,